Welcome to a Healthy Push Podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. All right, today I have Emily with me, and I'm very excited to have this conversation because so much of what I talk about is really about slowing down, and it's also what Emily talks about, and it's such an important, important, important topic. So Emily, welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited. So the work that you do is very interesting. It's very unique. You have very like a unique approach to some very simple things that we all need. But can you just tell us a little bit about you and what it is that you do? Yeah. So by trade, I'm a marriage and family therapist and I'm a mental health counselor in Washington State. Um, And so I've been in private practice for a little over eight years. And after I had babies, I really scaled back my practice. And now I just see clients one day a week. And then I have now this online platform where I talk a lot about um, kind of reclaiming childhood, slow childhood, natural learning, uh, ways to simplify and scale back and just demystify, I think, a lot of the noise that has accompanied the parenting space. And, and just uh, t- tone it down a little bit. Yeah. I I know when I landed on your Instagram platform, like I'm sure many people do feel this sense of this is refreshing. This is something that I need. This resonates. This is just a really like, I'm like drawn to this. So I'm really excited. Let's just start with like, why? What pulled you to get into this space of talking about slow childhood and slowing down and, and all of that? I'm so curious. Yeah, it's funny, actually, because um, that's not that's not a lot of the work I do in my therapy practice much at all. Actually, I specialize in working with couples. And I work a lot with like affairs and I work a lot with people who really are struggling with just their emotional connection and their marriage. And then, and then also business owners, but then there's the subsystem of that started to come over the last bit of time around like younger parents who have children under five, trying to figure out like their parenting roles together and all of the weight that that brings, you know, family culture and their family of origin and their history and all of that. And so actually it was last year, um, I really started to scale back my own therapy practice uh, actually in 2020 when COVID hit. And then um, last year, I remember having a therapy session with my own therapist And I was talking to her and I said, you know, I just, we've been talking a lot about my love for early childhood development and like um, slow childhood. Early childhood development is not really the term I I like to use because it just seems even clinical, even that. I just like to call it just like slow, just like childhood and homeschool and homemaking and how I'm like in this very different role now. And I kind of want to start talking about it, but I don't know how, and maybe I'll transition out of therapy. I'm not sure now that I'm going to start homeschooling the girls and, um, you know, maybe I open up my Instagram. I'm not sure. And it just, I remember her saying something along the lines of like, well, you know, maybe just be curious about it and, and see what comes. Mm. And I, I really like curiosity and I thought that's a good way to approach it like there's no end goal there's nothing here that like I'm trying to push it's just 
maybe I just open this up and see if there's like a community out there or something that kind of like opens up other things that I'm interested in besides just like therapy. Yeah. And that's how it kind of started a year ago. Just my, I just had a private account with my 200 friends and family. And then I just opened it up and um, started creating and sharing things that I thought were like, maybe people don't care that much, or maybe it feels really basic information. (laughs) Um, But obviously it just, it just took off. And I, it does, I think, resonate a lot with where we're at in, a, in the culture and, and in society, but also just like, I think on it, on a parent's heart of just like all of the anxiety and stress that you feel of doing things well and the pressure and the weight. And it's just kind of like a, it's okay. Like we're all good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that. Cause I think that's why so many people resonate with what you share is it's, it's that we're all walking around with a lot of anxiety, a lot of overwhelm, feeling so much stress of, I have so much and it's all feels really complicated and am I doing it right? And maybe it just doesn't feel right. And I know that's, I'm probably speaking from my own personal experience when I came across your page, but I know we've talked about this a little bit. We've mentioned slow childhood. I'm curious, can you help define what does that mean to you? Because I think for some people, they're like, okay, slow childhood, what the heck does that mean? It probably, the the closest way to probably describe it, I think, is probably like an 80s childhood, like simple, space, freedom, uh, non-complicated um access to independence access to just like just being a kid and not being constantly inundated with stuff messages screens like excess it's just like the the root the goodness of like when I think back of like my best childhood memories it was like riding my bike all over the neighborhood and playing with the neighbor kids and like being free. I don't think it ever really involved my parents, which is weird. I mean, maybe it did a little bit, you know, but it was like, they weren't my main focus. It was just like being a kid. And my kids are still quite young that we're transitioning more and more into that, that role, but it's just uh, buffering them from all of the noise is what I think of as a slow child is buffer. It's like, you're creating this buffer so they can be what they want to be and and not be just uh, told what they are or it's just the word inundation, like being inundated all the time with, with stuff and, and noise. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel it as an adult, right? And I have a little one who's five and I feel it, right? And I know and I can recognize because I have this fully formed brain of I am really overwhelmed and stressed. And obviously that's sort of pouring out of me and I'm, you know, my tolerance isn't quite there. My patience isn't quite there and I can recognize it. And I sort of even have that understanding of why, like it's not, you know, I think sometimes we can just go with being a parent is hard and it's challenging. And, and I think it's partly that, but I think a big part of it is all this inundation of noise and stuff and things. And we have this constant going and doing and that, you know, kids of course can't help, but pick up on that, feel it, start to live in that way. And I'm an 80s baby. Like I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine because I have to for my daughter differences. It's just massive. Say like I used to ride my bike all around, build forts, climb trees. Like my parents were nowhere in sight. And that is just not how many of our lives are structured now. So 
I think, you know, I love this slow childhood. I love bringing it back to the basics and simplifying because I think in that brings us also as the parents closer to ourselves, (laughs) more, more, having more capacity, more calmness, more ability to actually care for our kids. So I'm curious, I think we all, so it's kind of two part, right? Like the slow childhood is for your kid, but you also get so much from it. It's sort of like this glorious, I slow down, they can slow down. Like, can we talk about that? Because I'm I'm assuming that was part of it for you, right? Getting into this whole like feeling like I have kids and I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed. Like, can we slow things down? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yes, we talk a lot about like, wanting to enjoy our kids childhood and I think it's actually quite hard when you are in a state of urgency and rush and this stuff and appointments and this and that and it's like you know we all operate that way because in some way you can't escape it in the world we live in but in another form it's this slow childhood allows you to actually enjoy your kids where you are right like there's this quote it's like oh you know, it goes so fast. You know, we always hear like, oh, childhood goes so fast. And I want to be able to look back and say like, yeah, and I got to enjoy all of it with them. It did. Mm. And I was there, right? Like, and we, we actually enjoyed it together. Like we're doing things we all like. We get to go be together or they just are off with their friends and that's great for them. You know, it's, it's a way to just like, maybe it's selfish in some ways, but it's like, I feel like I should be able to enjoy their childhood too. <laughs> I want to be able to do that with them. You know, I don't want them to look back and know that, of course, there are times when I'm very stressed and overwhelmed as well. But like, I want them to overall look back and just feel like we had we had a good time together. And so that means that we choose things that we all like. And it's not it's not always big stuff. Like we're not just going out to go do big stuff like things we like is like baking cookies together. We like going on little hikes together, going to the waterfront and going to have like dinner together as a family. Or just you know, a neighborhood walk with the sunset, like things we just enjoy. Mm. We don't have to do big excessive things. Um, and sometimes we do because, you know, that that happens too, but it's not a forefront of the week at all. It's these small anchors in the week week that really ground us and keep us in a good place as a family and, and keep everybody's cup pretty full. Yeah. And not having the things, right? I think things come into this so much too. Yeah. Of We... I think sometimes get caught up, right? We have to do these big, glorious things in order for our kids to be happy, in order for them to have these good childhoods and all of that. And I think in that also comes like they have to have things, they have to have material things, and they have to have all these, you know, things to keep them happy. And and it's just so much of I bring myself back to my childhood and raising my daughter and say, did I need all of that? Right. There was so much that I didn't have, but I felt like I had so much. And I feel myself as an adult getting pulled back to my childhood. If I want to get the heck into the woods, I want to like ride a bike again. I want to do all these things. And, you know, maybe the things, right, aren't actually bringing the joy, the peace, the presence that we actually want. It's, you know, and I feel like that's a lot of what we're yearning for and searching for. And just what you said, right, I feel like you really hit the nail on the head with, I want to be present for it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's really the big part, right? Like, I, I want to be present, but I also want them to be present for their childhood. Yeah. And having all the things and the constant noise and distractions and 
it's just so consuming. It is. It is. And when you're talking of things, it's also the physical things, right? Today, you look at like an average playroom and it's just like, or if, if you have know of somebody who has a playroom, sometimes it's just like kids stuff can overwhelm the entire house or the entire playroom. And what happens? You still have kids who say, I'm, I don't want to do the, you know, or I want that. They go to the store, right? Like, of course, you go down the toy aisle and it's like, I want this. I want that. Can we go? Like, it's, it, it's, an, it's a hungry ghost that will never be satiated no matter what we buy them. And I think that's really important to keep in mind if, if you are embracing like a less is more lifestyle, because it's just like, you're never going to fill that. You're never going to fill that cup enough to say like, okay, we have all this stuff now. No, it's a constant need for more. And so to me, I think a lot about physical things and just being like, you know, how can we enjoy what we already have um, or reuse what we're already utilizing? And when we do have those events that come up like Christmas or birthdays, how can we, how can we focus in a way that allows us to welcome new items in um, without feeling like it's getting excessive also. So like before every holiday and before every birthday, I, we go through the kids stuff, the girls and I, we go through it together of like, okay, what are we going to donate? What could other kids utilize? How can we make space for our new things that we want to bring in? You know, like toys have a life cycle and some of them are like heirloom toys that could last a while, but a lot of them are just junk and they also lose the interest of the child. And so I think being consistent in that practice is helpful for so many reasons. One, it keeps your items to less in your home, but two, it instills a sense of like non-attachment. Uh, and three, well, I guess many things. Three, it infuses a sense of gratitude for altruistic behavior you're providing to other people. Like just as much as we get new things, I want you to be used to getting rid of things to know that this is like a normal, a normal part of life and that's okay. Yeah. And also toys these days are just, this is, this goes back again to buffering and the slow childhood is just like, especially I look at the girls' toys because that's what, where I'm at. I know the boys have it too um, or in the gender neutral toys, but like the girls' toys are just so, uh, even for my girls' age, they're just like so mature looking, very sexualized, mm. very much older um, it's hard those, you know, we, we don't, I think nobody really likes to talk about that that much. Um, mm-hmm. cause it is kind of uncomfortable cause we probably all have some of that, like, Oh, Barbie's clothes or what is it today? Like monster high or Bratz dolls or LOL or something. They, they have these certain kinds of clothes and these certain things. But if you really look at it, it's quite, um, they're quite out there. And I think little girls get influenced by that. And there is a lot of research around that. And so I do, I don't have any of it in my house. I feel, I feel like strange saying that because it's like exposure, but I think that we have one Barbie and um, it's because the girls saw it at a garage sale for 25 cents. And I said, okay, but maybe one day we will Uh, right now at these, the younger ages, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's that necessary and it's not, I don't want to demonize it all because I don't think it's like all bad, but if you are bringing the items into your home, just being aware of, what maybe accessories you allow to go with it. Like it's okay to get a set and say like, you know what, this, these, uh, you know, see-through tights are maybe not, I'm just going to check through this, but I'll keep these little parts and that's fine. That's, I think is okay. Yeah. Right. Like you're kind of censoring and buffering and making space for it. But it's when we don't think about those things that I think matters. And, and that's where it comes to reclaiming that slow childhood, you know? Yeah. I I think that is such an important piece. I like how you're mentioning also a practice that we do of, okay, if we want to make space for more, Mm -hmm. then we're going to donate some. And that's a practice that we do in our home. And I'm just a very, let's keep it simple. 
don't like clutter. Like we don't need a bunch of things. And it's funny because we'll go to the store and, you know, we'll be picking something out for somebody's birthday party, you know, one of her friend's birthdays. And she'll say, can I get something? And she'll walk up and down the aisles countless times. And she's like, mama, I can't pick something. I don't know. And I'm like, of course you don't. There's just so much and none of it's really necessary. And, you know, I think when you slow things down and really show them, we we take what's necessary. We we don't need abundance. We we can be happy and content and peaceful with the things that we have. And there are many times where I see her really struggling though and she's like, maybe I'll just get something else. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but it's nice when you when you slow things down and then also see the effects that it has for you as a parent. Because mm-hmm. I think, of course, my community, a lot of people are struggling with anxiety disorders. Yeah. Um, a lot of parents too who really then see my child starting to struggle with an anxiety disorder. And I think a lot of it really comes from this constant doing, constant having of things, like never really slowing down and finding presence in the right now and and simplifying things. So it's like kind of why I just want to talk about why don't we slow down? Like why don't we just take it back to some of the basics and simplify things? It's mm-hmm. a good question. That has a lot to do with like your nervous system and how it's acclimated, right? And um, the state in which you operate toward and so like an example of this would be uh like I I used to be very go 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 um I I like rushed through life very fast I built a business when I was 23 I got my bachelor's degree at 20 my master's at 23 built a business bought a house just like boom 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 I remember in high school I had three jobs I was always like go 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 and I never thought twice about it like why why am I the way I am and I just was that way It wasn't until I got into therapy and I started to realize I was operating in that form for me personally, because I grew up in a family, a very large family. So I have eight siblings. So there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of busy. Oh, wow. And um, I, there, I'm the second youngest. So the older kids had a lot of struggles. You know, my parents went through a lot with them and I took on the role in the family of just, just be a good girl. Just like, keep your head down, make good decisions and Mm -hmm. just keep going. And that's what I did. And then I got really good at that. And then all of a sudden it got out of control where like I started to be doing so much that that became a sense of worth of like, okay, I can accomplish this. I can accomplish this. I can accomplish this. And I'm good. And my parents love me. And like, they always do. They always have their wonderful, but it, it became in my mind that like, that was a sense of goodness, um, was mm-hmm. accomplishment. And I remember right, you know, when I was about to before I had babies, even I remember being in therapy and telling my therapist, I, I need to slow down. I just don't know how, and I would tell my husband, I need to slow down. I just don't know how. And he was like, what does that mean? What are you talking about? Cause he was also an entrepreneur and we would just go neck and neck, just boom, 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 build, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And I, I just knew that it wasn't sustainable. Like this is not going to work. Something's happening here. And I had to essentially retrain my nervous system, how to find a state of peace in less and mm-hmm. my safety in that, that like, I don't, I don't have to take on that opportunity and I'm, it's not going to add to my worth. If I take on that opportunity, I already am worthy as I am. And that took like many years of retraining and like 
resettling the narrative in my body and in my mind that, that my worth is inherent and it's not in what I do and it's not in what I achieve and there's nothing I can do or achieve that will increase my worth like I already am. And then now the practice has to just be maintained because I can easily get back into that if I'm not careful because it's a familiar part of my, my body and my brain and how it works. So I have to be super intentional with how do I rest? How do I let my kids see me rest? How do I um, make, like, honor my pace? And that trickles down a lot to our kids as well. So, you know, if, like, you are quite anxious and you're quite go, 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 like, of course they will be, you know? And we have to do the work to figure out, one, the root, where is that coming from? And then, two, start to tackle it and, and, like, rewrite that and sit in those uncomfortable practices of, like, I'm going to sit here and not feel guilty that the house is a mess, and I'm going to watch the movie with the kids during quiet time and just sit and watch the movie <laughs> without doing anything else, you know? Yeah. It's actually really hard. It's really weird when you think about it. It's actually hard to sit and watch a movie without grabbing your phone, without getting up to go do something else, or being distracted by something else that comes up. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It It is. It, it is. Because then you think right back to your childhood and you're like, no, I I sat there all day long just watching TV and was quite content. Yeah. Like, didn't have to get up, didn't have to have yeah. something else to shift my focus to. Yeah. But I think you know this this nervous system stuff that you're talking about, right? It's a huge part of it, and I think so many of us are functioning in these states of I go and I do because either this is what I've learned, this is a coping mechanism, this is how I can stay away from the not feeling. I don't have to feel anxious if I just keep going and doing. I don't have to actually look at this stuff. I can just sort of keep blowing by all of it. But constantly being in this state where you feel like your nervous system is activated, you see it. It translates. It it comes out in all these ways. And so being super intentional, right? Mm -hmm. Honoring your pace, like these are all really good things because you do start to see when you make the shifts, it it definitely changes the dynamic in the house. It changes how your kids functions. It changes their moods. Like it is just so crazy, but it, it is. It's it's super hard because I'm much like you. Like go, do, achieve. And I had to look at that stuff and say, okay, this isn't working. Yeah. And why? And and how do I slow down? And it is so dang uncomfortable. I think for many people, just because it's not the society, the culture that we live in. We're not a slow down society. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do you mean you're gonna slow down? We we work five days a week. We work the majority of our days. Yeah. We constantly are going and achieving because we are told we have to, we can't stop, you know, so it's, there's so many reasons why I think we all know it's so important to slow down, but we don't do it. But do you have some insight? Because obviously you've done this work. (laughs) How do you actually start to slow down? Like what the heck does that even look like? Mm -hmm. So there's a few ways. I think the most effective way is going to therapy. And I know I'm like, oh, I'm biased because I'm a therapist, but I'm also a therapist who goes to therapy and my therapist goes to a therapist. So like we believe in the process. The reason why is because I think it's very difficult to work with your, your own blind spots within the context in which you're understanding them. Like from my own, it's very hard. I can't see my blind spots. I have to have a mirror reflecting 
back at me, like what's going on inside me and to help rewrite and make sense of this. A lot of it comes down to like your inner child, right? And what, what experiences we had in childhood that I, one is just like, was rest okay? Were you allowed to rest? What did rest look like? Was, were you lazy? Was it something you had to earn? Did you have to like, you do this before you rest? You know, what, what is it? What did that look like? What's your relationship with rest look like? And your relationship with just like a certain inherent sense of worthiness. What did that look like? Kind of looking at those. There are, um, there are some good resources, you know, there's some books online. Like there's one, I think it's called your inner child uh, journal. And they're just like journal prompts. It's like an Amazon book. Um, just to kind of get you to like start to dig and unpack a little bit. Because I think it's very easy for people to say, oh, I just want to slow down. What can I do to slow down? But in order to do what you need to do to slow down, it would be most effective to first address the root of why you're doing it in the first place. Because adding just a tool, like, okay, let's mind, you know, let's practice mindfulness for five minutes a day, is essentially the equivalent of adding a band-aid on an infection. It's it is like a temporary thing, it's not sustainable. And often we don't want to look at, well, what is this? We want to say, okay, well, I just, you know, I don't want to look at the past. I don't want to let that go. And you're right. We never want to look at the past with the intention of staying there, but only as it influences the present moment and context in which we're at now. And that is important because if you don't address it, it's like you're carrying Pandora's black box on your back and it's influencing all of your life. And you're just like, well, I don't really know why. I don't know why I'm so snappy. I don't know why I... I'm constantly go, go, go. It's just because everybody else is giving me all these things to do. No, there's something inside that's happening and there's something within your experience. And so you have to be willing to look at what is this? Yeah. Oh, that's like the, uh, can we, can we just do the how to stuff? Right. But I'm so like, it's just so good that you said, you know, in, in order to slow down, you really have to address the root. Cause I think a lot of us, in any healing work that we're doing, we're just like, give us the the how-to. Give me the quick, simple things, right? And we all lean toward those meditation practices, the grounding, the the yoga, the exercise, and we're like, none of it's really working. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, that's a big part of why it's not is because you're not actually getting at the root and understanding why you're having certain actions and behaviors, why you're falling into these patterns and understanding that why really helps to unlock, oh, okay, now I understand what keeps getting me here. And you're right. It's not about – you don't necessarily have to go back, right? But you have to understand how it's influencing your behavior now. I, I love that. That's so cool. So I – similar to you. I work with a therapist and I work with a coach. <laughs> My coach said something that was so dang good to me. She was like, Shannon, not doing for you is doing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, what? Say that again? Yeah. And it is it is like intentional practice for me to not do. Yeah. And for me, I have to recognize that as this is a healthy action. This is something that's really supportive to me. Yeah. And me just – stopping and not doing anything. Oh, it's so hard, but it's, I see, I can see like the benefits. I see I'm more regulated. I'm not so snappy. I have more patience, all the things. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy when you can actually get to the root and fix that stuff and then see, oh, this doesn't keep popping up. I don't have to, not that it never does, but it doesn't keep looking the way it's been looking. 
Yeah, it doesn't keep looking the way it's been looking. And you're more aware of like what you're susceptible to, you know, like, okay, I know like something might come up like, oh, Emily, there's this great opportunity. Would you like to present at this conference? And my initial reaction is like, yes, I should do that. You know, and I have to really check myself a lot and say like, why am I, why would I say yes? Where is that coming from? Is this like, because I'm used to being a highly efficient person? And it's like an ego thing of something that's a familiar experience of my history. Or do I genuinely want to, you know, is this a people pleasing thing? Is this a, what, what is this? Do I genuinely want to do this or, or not? And, and getting really good at your nose, you know? I know asking yourself, I always say the simplest questions can give you so much insight. And if you really listen and pay attention, and I have to ask myself that so often of, do I actually want to do this? is this important to me? And actually listening and honoring what comes up and not just doing just to do. Um, So I'm curious because I know people are probably wondering, I want to slow down. I obviously want my kids to have this amazing childhood. I want them to have good memories. I want them to feel present for it. I want to feel present for their childhood. Can you share with us, obviously you've gotten like really into this throughout the past, you know, year, I'm sure more before you started your platform, but what does it look like? Like, what did it start to look like when you started to take these actions and slow things down within your own home and family? I started to look at my commitments in a week and then, and hack away at the things that were not that I was doing for other people because I wanted to please them. So like I, one thing I remember I was on a, a community board and I didn't really like it. And but I just kept doing it. I felt obligated. I was asked specifically me to be in this position by somebody I had a really good relationship with. And I just kept doing it. And it was like, you know, I'm going to let this person down. But this is it's not it's not serving me anymore. It's taking away from me. It's not adding value to my life. And I think that, you know, it's good to do things for other people. It's really important to do altruistic behaviors. Um, and, and that's good and important. But sometimes you need to scale way back, like to ground zero before you can add in again. Because especially if you're somebody who's susceptible to overscheduling. And that's kind of what I did is I, I cut out that community board. I scaled my practice way back. I had a very successful private practice and I had a few clinicians working for me and some of them started to go practice in their own practices. And then 2020 came, there's a lot of transition in mental health. And I decided I, I want to scale back this and I don't want to hire other clinicians anymore. I just want to do my own thing. Uh, I did have my sister working for me. She's also a therapist. (laughs) Um, My sister was working for me for about a year. And then eventually she also transitioned to fully her own private practice when, when she could get things up and running enough. And so at that point, it was a critical decision of like, are you going to keep doing this? And keep going because you can or not. And it was another thing of like, I don't really enjoy having group practice anymore. Uh, I like doing my own little thing. So I cut back the practice and I cut way down to like one day a week when I was doing full time before. Cut out that community board and then just, I think just was started to be very intentional about what I signed my kids up for and what we're, what we're going to do. I try to stay with this rule of no more than like one extracurricular during a time in terms of, in terms of like, sports or music or things like that so my daughter has been in gymnastics for almost two years and that's kind of been our thing but I also figure well she's a homeschooler so like we are in co- a co-op and so like that's different because she's not going to you know like an institution every day so a lot of it was just starting first with just the scheduling scheduling was scaling back that was the biggest thing how do I how do I reduce get clear and 
the other hard part that was like saying no to family obligations a couple times you know there's like my family will do like a Christmas party oh gosh people are gonna hear this (laughs) um they'll do like a Christmas party and it's been wonderful but like a couple years I just was like you know my extended family like my aunts and uncles like I just don't really want to go my kids are at a hard time I know they're not going to enjoy it it's going to overlap our nap like it's just it's a no for me and my mom was like super disappointed but it's like I just I can't I'm not going to sacrifice anymore these these experiences where like our whole day is going to get shot and and thrown off and I know it sounds silly but like those younger years anybody who knows you're trying to protect that schedule just so ferociously because it will throw everything off and all of a sudden it could be thrown off for like three months and you're like what just happened and so in some ways like little babies really helped at that time but yeah scaling back with the scheduling was really the first thing of like I'm going to ruthlessly edit before I decide to re-add things in. And now I really do feel good. Like I know how to discern and I'm in a better state of discerning what's going to really fill me up and and bring me a sense of joy versus am I just being nice? I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be kind. That's what Brene Brown says, you know, like I'd rather be kind than nice. Like kind is I want to do this and that's huge. And nice is like, I'm doing this because you want me to. Mm. I can only do something. You know, all of us can only do so much of that before it just exasperates us. Right. I I think a lot of it goes back to that, right? Does it add value to my life? Is this, you know, is this something that I actually want? Is it important to me? And it's it's oftentimes hard to say no and to set those boundaries, but it's so freeing once you start doing that and seeing, gosh, this feels way better. This yeah. feels way better than that. I think, you know, you mentioned something important, right, with the kids' activities. And I think with the culture that we live in, it, you feel a lot of this pressure of like, well, my kid needs to be doing activities and needs to be a part of this and a part of that. And gosh, my daughter, I, you know, we had the discussion because I know, I I know from my childhood, I know from my experiences, but, you know, we had that conversation. I said, you can pick one thing. And I really want you to try different things, but we're going to pick one thing. And if you decide it's not for you, okay, then we'll look at something else. But this idea of my kid has to be doing all the things, trying all the sports, all the activities, all the instruments. Oh my gosh, I know how overwhelming it is for me as an adult. And then you can imagine for a child trying to navigate all of that, how overwhelming that is for them and their nervous systems. And and talk about, right, going back to the root of why you struggle with some of the things that you do. I try to look at it from that lens too with raising my daughter of, is this something that she's going to have to go back to? and figure out later in life. And I'd much rather her maybe be upset because she's not doing, you know, gymnastics and 10 other things, but, you know, really being the person with the thought and tension behind it and and helping her to navigate how can you actually feel good about life and what you're doing and not feel overwhelmed and stressed. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I think extracurriculars are good uh, as long as they don't infringe on their own structured time their space to be a kid. Um, but also we think about it in this way is like, if, you know, we think about, we sometimes hold our kids to a much higher standard than we hold ourselves, right? It's like, okay, let's say you work a, a job nine to five. Do you want to come home and go do another sport yourself? Mm-hmm. Why don't you go to adult soccer? Which sometimes <laughs> you do. But then after that, go home and do your homework. And then after that, like you might get your 30 minutes of video game and then wake up again at the crack of dawn and go do it again. 
like when do you actually get space to be a human being you know to just think breathe be creative have rest have like you can't we can't even think clearly when we're constantly going you're, you're just doing that you don't get time and space for like critical thought you're just yeah. operating you know it's autopilot just, right autopilot that's it autopilot yeah 100 percent. yeah and that's so much of you know it's it's really slowing down enough to recognize you're on autopilot and just doing and going and yeah, you, I, I feel like I am much more in tune and I think this is probably why I get really frustrated sometimes with other parents or, you know, school systems and structures that we have is that they're not putting themselves in that shoe of the five, six, seven, eight-year-old, you know, all the way up that is trying to just get by, right? Just trying to, they're like, I have school and I have activities and I have homework and then I'm supposed to like have fun. And it's like, goodness gracious, <laughs> you know, no wonder why so many kids and, and parents are struggling with anxiety and and overwhelm. So I'm so curious, Emily. I know when I came across your page, I was just like, oh gosh, this is so good. You share just that it's so many basic things and simple things and things, things that you probably post and think, everyone knows this or like, you know, but people don't. And you share so many good, just helpful, basic insights and tips and different ways of looking at things. And if people really want to slow down, you give a lot of tangible, like, you know, here are some even TV shows that are more helpful and healthy for your child to be watching than, you know, others. And here are some different ways you could structure things in your home. And all of it is just so, so good. So if people want to find you, connect with you, learn more about like, how do I slow down? How do I slow down and enjoy my child's childhood and and make all these really present, amazing memories? Where can they find you and connect with you? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm on Instagram. That's like the platform I hang out on. Mindful underscore mantra. Uh, I don't have any other social media. Uh, I don't have TikTok. I have nothing like that. I just, I do have a Facebook but it's like for my own little family. <laughs> so mindful madre, mindful underscore madre. And then I also have a course that was released here in the fall. If you feel like you are struggling to find a healthy, sustainable pace for your family, it's called the family reset, a family centered approach to tackle overwhelm and reclaim joy. And that's mm-hmm. also linked on my um, Instagram page. Uh, yeah. We go through all these things, right? Like how do you, how do you nourish yourself as a how do you delegate effectively? How do you really scale back and slow down? How do you keep your family connected in this kind of culture and um, just approach your family life in the way that you want to like get clear on your priorities and your core values and actually do it. Not just, um, you know, think about how great those thoughts are, but how to implement things and really get it going and solidified for your family culture that you're building now. So I think it's pretty good. That's, that's where I'm at these days. Oh, so good. I can't recommend Emily's page enough and just I appreciate the work that you're doing and I know you're probably right so surprised by how many people just resonate and want to be a part of this community and it's something I think we're all sort of searching for and I think you do a really good job too of not trying to sell people on this like it has to look this way. You have to homeschool, you have to homestead, you have to 
you know, slowing down can look so many different ways and it doesn't have to look any way in particular, but here are some ideas and things that might work for you and, and just try them. So I just love the work you do, obviously, and appreciate you coming on. This has been such a good conversation. Oh, thank you so much, and I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.